Hello and welcome to Baylor Connections, a conversation series with the people shaping our future. Each week we go in-depth with Baylor leaders, professors, and more discussing important topics in higher education, research, and student life. I'm Derek Smith, and today we are talking with Whitney Jones. Whitney serves as Senior Director for the Center for Academic Success and Engagement at Baylor. Known in shorthand as CASE, the center offers resources to empower students on paths for academic and personal thriving. Learning strategies, self-management tools, supplemental instruction, mentorship, and more are just a few of the tools and resources offered to help students find success and a sense of belonging at Baylor. And I know that just barely scratches the surface of what you all do. But Whitney, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here and to talk about what you all are, are, are doing and the ways you serve students. So give us a little uh, mental tour, if you will. If we were to uh, pop in right now in the Sid Rich building and visit the case offices and look around the hallways, what are some things we'd see taking place? Um, one of the first things that you will notice is um, students are frequently coming into our space. Um, they're meeting with their academic mentors, which is a one-on-one appointment that students can make with our trained graduate students who serve as another person of contact to really support our students academically, personally. Um, those students who are meeting with mentors really uh, foster a rich and depth relationship. Also in our space, you will see students studying in our study commons alongside um, our study hallway is what I like to call it. Um, students really like to utilize this space because we also have a coffee bar. Mm -hmm. So that's always great. We have a coffee bar. We have snacks. Um, we offer water, soft drinks, things like that to help students when they're just studying. And one of the great spaces about one of the great things about the space is students could utilize our marker boards. So students, when they're studying, they're able to actually write on the board. They can participate in group studying. Um, that's really common. You also see students in our veterans lounge. We also support veteran students and they oftentimes utilize that space in between classes. It's a great uh, place of community for students who are in that population. You will always see students coming in to meet with our first in line, which is our first generation college student program. They coming in to meet with the program manager. Also right now is a um, high volume of students coming in to meet with our pre-law program manager. So students who want to go to law school, they're coming in to meet with our program manager as well during that time. Um, later on in the day, if you were to stop by after lunch, you will see students in our learning lab. Our learning lab is a designated space for students to drop in, no appointment necessary, where you can um, have someone help you with time management, uh, getting organized, study, study tips, study habits, test taking strategies, all of those preparedness for the academic semester, that's what would take place in the learning lab. So a variety of things happening within our space at any given point. Um, also, we have office hours for our supplemental instructors, students who serve in that role, they come and they do their office hours. That's a time where students can come and meet with their SIs. And on the first floor, we have the tutoring center. So students drop in for the tutoring center, which actually open for service this week. We are typically not open on the first week of school. We open for the second week of school. And here we are, yeah. So mm -hmm. what you just described sounds like basically something for everyone. Is that is that the case? Who, who all utilizes case services? I would say all undergraduate students 
uh, would utilize our services, whether it's tutoring, SI, meeting with a staff member, a academic mentor, or utilizing our study space. We really have been intentional. We're creating a, an environment that's welcoming and opening to students. One of the things that we did last year was had a mural, a diversity mural painted on one of our longer hall hallway walls because we really wanted our space to be reflective of all of our students so that students, when they come in the space, they could see themselves. We also have focused intentionally to bring about that diversity. We have a Native American um, map for our um Native Americans to really identify the different populations and where they um, may be. And so we have a map on our wall. So you can also see that um, for Native American indigenous people. That's very cool. So you've got uh, organizations that serve specific student groups. You've mm-hmm. got organizations that serve everyone. And you mentioned that sense of belong. I think you just described that just one mm-hmm. of the ways that, mm-hmm. that, that, that you do that. What's sort of the, in your mind, you know, when you think about kind of the unifying pieces of cases organization, you know, whether it's the, you know, people coming in for tutoring or whether it's something like first in line or vets, what are the, what are the, what's kind of the connective tissue, if you will, that brings that all together? Um, I would say we believe in holistic and wraparound care. So students are not coming into our space usually for one isolated um, activity or interaction with someone. Our students are coming into our space to fulfill multiple things. They could be coming in for SI office hours at one point and they could be coming in to study at another time and they can also be coming in to meet with a staff member or they could be coming in today we're hosting an event um, down in our space the black student success panel they could be coming down for an event and so what we are really hoping to do is have it to be a multifunctional layered um, space Um, where we are servicing students in multiple capacities because we understand that students have unique needs and sometimes those needs require this layered approach. And so one of the benefits of our department is students, you may be identifying in one of our subpopulations and you may need time management assistance where we can simply have a meeting with you in one space and walk you down the hallway to someone else who can help you with getting organized. And so that's one of the unique, I believe, opportunities that our department offers is really we have so much depth um, in the services that we provide for our students. Absolutely. Uh, Great description of all that as we Mm -hmm. visit with Whitney Jones, Senior Director for the Center for Academic Success and Engagement at Baylor. So I think you've described it in part, but I want to ask you more specifically, too, when students interact with with CASE in some ways, what are the takeaways you really hope they take with them, short term or long term? One of the first immediate things that I hope that students take away is that we care. We care about their success. Um, personally and academically, we truly uh, care. We believe in students. Um, It doesn't matter why you are coming to see us. Sometimes the visits are, you know, not always 
something that students want to have to come visit us for, but we believe in supporting students through challenges and obstacles. Um, And I really hope students feel that way. We are not a punitive area, even if you're having to come speak with someone about being on academic probation. Um, I believe that we have services that can help students who do go through those challenges and obstacles. Uh, College is hard. That's 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 a reality that we have to own. And also we have young adults who are becoming men and women. And there are other nuances that they're navigating personally that we want to make sure that we are able to support them. Also, I hope that students feel like that we're supporting the whole person, that we are addressing their individual needs. Even if our department does not have all the resources that a student need. Our staff are trained and equipped to be able to point them in the direction that they should go in. One thing that I really enjoy about the staffing case, we don't just give you an email and say, go email this person. We make that connection for students. We contact the person and say, hey, I have this student. Here's what they're needing. Can you connect with them? I met with them. So and that goes to part that goes on to our partnership. So we partner across campus because our services alone are not always enough to help students succeed. And we recognize that we need other departments across campus. We need academic units to partner with us so that we can support students. I also hope that students walk away and say, this is a place that I can call home. This is a place that I can come in between classes if I need to use the microwave. I have a microwave that I could use to warm up my lunch. This is a place sometimes I've seen students taking a quick nap. That's okay. If this is a space where you need to take a nap, you go for it. Uh, This is a space where I can be my authentic self. I can show up. I can be present. I can be vulnerable. um, And I don't feel as if I'm being judged by anyone. And so I hope that students feel that way when they leave our space in four years to come beyond their graduation. So when they're talking to future bears or they're talking to current students, that they can also articulate these experiences that they had utilizing our services or our space. You know what you just described takes some of the pressure off of, of students that they feel when they're they're in school. And when you think about strategies that you talk about, that also can do so. Whether it's a student being proactive, which it sounds like you have plenty of proactive students coming for something. Mm-hmm. You have students who come in because of a need. How much is just helping them learn how to learn, learn, learn what it means to kind of lean into being a college student? How much easier can that make things for them? Yes, I always encourage students to reach out to us early and be proactive. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And through conversations, which is another strength of the staffing case, we are able to identify opportunities. We're able to identify mechanisms that we believe that can help students, and not just students who are having challenges, just help them in their transition to the institution. Navigating a college campus is a task. Um, You sometimes don't know who is the person to go to for this specific thing that you need. Um, And so we want to help students begin to uh, have ownership, autonomy over their learning and their growth and the development, but we recognize that that takes 
that takes some time and that takes assistance and it takes people to believe in you, um, believe in your journey and believe in your success and recognize where it is that the student wants to go and how can we meet them on this pathway to get them to their end goal. And we can do that. Once we know your end goal, we are designed to help you figure out how to navigate that, whether it's, I have a staff member who sat down with the student when it was time to register for classes after hours. And she walked the student through navigating course registration as a freshman. It's like, well, my advisor did it my first semester. And now I'm just a little uncomfortable doing it my second semester. Well, the second time, what if this class is full? Then what do I do? It's after hours. Who do I contact? And, and just sometimes students just need someone to say, it's going to be okay to believe in them, also to acknowledge some of their concerns and why they may be feeling this way. I always see it as an opportunity. What is an opportunity for us to improve our systems, practices, and policies so that we don't have future students experiencing um, some of this angst that they may have when they are trying to navigate a transition and also recognizing our students who are coming to college now, they have been through things that no one in our generation has ever gone through before. And so I want to be sympathetic to that as well and recognize that they've gone through high school with COVID, a lot of change there, and now they're coming to college and it's our expectations are the same and we're expecting students to show up, deliver, and perform the same as we did before COVID. And sometimes that's just not always the case. And so just being really understanding and sympathetic to students in their transition and matriculation through Baylor. How important is that personal touch for you and your staff to get to know students, not one size fits all? You know, Baylor's not a huge campus like maybe mm-hmm. a state school, but there's still a lot of students, but it seems like y'all find the time to get to, to know them. I believe every student has a story. And I enjoy hearing stories from people. Um, it is what helps me keep going, the stories. And that also adds perspective because oftentimes we are at the table making decisions based on data that someone's provided me. But when I'm able to bring in student stories, student experiences, that makes what we do even better for the next student. Um, I believe in getting to know the whole student because in order to support the whole student, you have to know who the whole student is. Um, In order to provide a transformational education, you have to know what you're transforming. And in order to do that, you have to carve out the time to get to know the people that you're serving, not just the populations, but all people. And that can be time consuming. I fully own and recognize that. But to me, students are worth it. It's worth the time. It's worth the investment. If students are making the decision to come to Baylor University, then as a staff member, I am committed and dedicated to knowing that student and knowing what it is that's needed, if it's anything needed, and helping that student get to graduation, which is the ultimate goal. This is Baylor Connections. We are visiting with Whitney Jones, Senior Director for the Center for Academic Success and Engagement, known as Case at Baylor. And 
Whitney, let's shift gears just slightly here because we saw the news this fall that, that you and your team receiving external support to continue to grow resources. Uh, a quarter of a million dollar grant from the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board to build on successes in math curriculum and supplemental instructions, benefiting students in underrated, underrepresented populations in calculus. And as we as we dive into that, uh, could you tell us a little bit more about what supplemental instruction is? You talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but let's let people know even a little bit more what that is. Yes, yeah, so supplemental instruction is a peer led um, outside of the classroom um, support that we offer students. Students who come to supplemental instruction are learning from their peers. They are in group settings. They are digesting the content and the context in which they received in that specific course outside of class. So it's just another layer of outside of the classroom academic support uh, that has proven to have high grade lifts so it can boost your GPA for students who attend SI more frequently than those who don't or who don't attend as frequently. So the more you go, it increases your GPA. So this is uh, UMKC, University of Missouri, Kansas City, where uh, the originators or or initiators of supplemental instruction many, many decades ago. And so they have created this model that is designed and based on research that says, if you have this academic support for courses that are historically more challenging for students, which can be found sometimes in the STEM uh, majors, students are more likely to retain, they're more likely to have higher GPAs, and subsequently they will graduate from your institution. So that's what supplemental instruction is and why we value it at Baylor so much. Um, back to our conversation about student stories and why it is valuable to learn and get to know students. When I'm meeting with students and um, they are telling me about their experiences, I have had several conversations with students who have difficulty in calculus. It's like, well, I've always done well in math. i I mean, I'm here, I wanted to be an engineer, or I have, you know, aspirations to go to medical school. Even our students who are in the business college, they have to take calculus. And so when they get to calculus, which is a difficult Sounds subject. challenging, it yes. Is. yes. It is difficult. I want to own that. It is you know, difficult. I don't think you have to convince too many mm-hmm. of the listeners here on that. Yeah. It's difficult. It's like, I cannot get past this course. And... You know, someone who was undergrad STEM major and I've taken calculus one into, I I empathize with that. I fully recognize that. And so what we realized is is not that students are incapable. It's not that students don't have the um, skill set to be do well in the class. There are just certain um, content pieces within the course that are um foundational that those students just need to fine tune. So the math department really honed in on those key areas that they identified that said, okay, if we can help these students fine tune these areas, we know that they will be successful in calculus. That's it. We just need to work on that a little bit. Great. How do how are we going to do that? Well, in order to do that, um, the math department needed a course design. So they needed someone to design a course that's going to help students specifically um, with these touch points. 
that they needed to work on. In addition to supplemental instruction, we have a lot of students, the math department can probably tell you, we have a lot of students taking a math class. And we know that calculus is one of those subjects where supplemental instruction could be very beneficial. Well, we were only we only had ability to serve so many sections and supplemental instruction is by section, not by course. So I can't have one SI doing um, calculus SI for professors, three or four different professors. That's not the design you want. A student who's taken that professor, who's exceeded and excel in that professor's class. And so that's just a design of SI. So if you you can't, it's just challenging to do that. So you need more SIs to accommodate the sections. So the grant was able to help us expand our scope of supplemental instruction for all calculus classes. So every calculus section has an SI. Well, we needed the funds to be able to do that. And so we are going to measure success or how students have performed with this additional support now that we have this um additional class that was designed and created by the math department and we have SI. So sometimes you need that layered approach. Uh, Students may have to do SI and tutoring. They just can't only do one and and that's okay because sometimes with tutoring you can get one-on-one appointments as well. So it's more one-on-one than the group. Um, I recognize that sometimes group is not always designed to help students be successful. My son is probably going to be one of those. He needs some one-on-one support. Um, And that's what the grant really, it opened up so many doors and opportunities for our students to um, be successful because calculus is sometimes a required course for majors. And if this is the only class I can't pass, now how do I persist in the major because I can't pass calculus? I can do well in chemistry. I can do well in biology, but I can't pass calculus. So we want to remove barriers and hurdles and challenges for our students to persist and graduate. And SI does that. What did that sort of external validation mean mm-hmm. to, to Case? Obviously, you had a lot of success, but it seems like the THECB saw that as, mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And I want to, you know, really commend our SI program manager, Dejanae Tooks, who what she did when she first got here is identify gaps. She looked at who was not attending SI, who is attending SI, what does their GPA look like, uh, where can, where are the gaps? And she did that, and she helped us to discover the populations that we were underserving and realized what it would take to better serve those populations. Um, we also have Chad Elgleston, who was a really big advocate for us to apply for this grant because we are, that's not something that we've done before. So it was kind of out of our um, area of experience. It's like, I've never applied for a grant with this agency or, and I come from a state school in my previous institution, so very familiar with that process. And, and so it was just a, it did. It provided some validation that, one, we're doing great work and someone else saw that. Two, you can apply for grants to support your students at your institution, just like a state school. And it also is bringing awareness to the program. It's also helping our um 
area of academic affairs to say this is a very successful and valuable support to our students, not just for math, for other areas as well. We have them in biology as well. So we want to continue to amplify the experience of SI so that we can get more long-term sustainable resources to serve our students in some of these gateway, historically challenging classes. And we define those classes with courses who have higher D, F, or W rates. Um, And we want to lower that. We don't want students not passing classes. We don't want students withdrawing from classes. We don't take pride in that as an institution. That's not a prideful moment. Um, And when we see those reports come out at the end of the semester, it it does. It hurts. For me, it does. It hurts a little bit because, again, I believe in students. And I know that if students just had the a little bit more support in certain areas, they can be successful. So that's, again, we're looking at policies, practice, and systems that we're trying to work through to really help students be successful because we're navigating a different type of student in 2023. These students are different than when I went to college in the 2000s in getting a degree in biochemistry. And it's not a bad different. It's just the way that students learn are different. The way that students engage is is different. The way students are taking ownership of their learning in the classroom is different. Not bad. It's just different. And we are having to make some adjustments in how we serve students. I'm sure people probably said the same thing when I went to school in the 2000s. The way we serve students in the 80s were different than these millennials. So that's okay. We're going to adjust. We're going to pivot. We're going to be flexible and adaptable. And we're still working through to understand what are all the needs of our students academically, because the end goal is to graduate. And and we're going to we're going to see students to and through that. Well, Whitney, you've given us a great description of Case and the work you and and your team does. And as we wind down, I'm just curious, uh, what are you most excited about as you look ahead, as you look ahead to this spring semester? Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what we will learn from this additional support in SI. I I really am, um, I'm excited to see, I believe it's going to yield very great dividends um, for our institution. I'm excited. We are working on a five-year strategic enrollment management plan. And so every year counts as we're reaching our goal for increased retention. We're at 90.2% right now from fall to fall with the class of 2021 cohort that cohort really stuck with us and and we're grateful we want to get to 92 percent um so we with class of um that cohort that comes in in 2027 so we want to really um continue to identify gaps and opportunities to get our students to retain because Retention equals graduation. So we can't get them from fall to fall. Obviously, we're not. We, we have a higher, steeper hill to get them to graduation. And I'm just looking forward to that to see uh, where our institution will go as an elite private school who has the R1 designation now in terms of uh, students' retention and graduation rates. That's always exciting for me. Well, the numbers continue to improve, and you can mm-hmm. see with these resources, a lot of great opportunities to continue to do that. Thanks so much for taking the time today to share all mm-hmm. that with us. No problem. Thank you. Whitney Jones, Senior Director for the Center for Academic Success and Engagement, our guest today on Baylor Connections. 
I'm Derek Smith. A reminder, you can hear this and other programs online at baylor.edu slash connections, and you can subscribe to the program on iTunes. Thanks for joining us here on Baylor Connections. Baylor Connections.